morning everybody. It is Wednesday, 19th of August, and a very busy day today. I think we've got the most results we're going to have in one day in this results season happening today. And some big moves there are as well. We've got CSL up 8% on its results. We've got some shockers and some winners. Nearmap down 13%, A2 Milk down 6%, Michael Hill down 7%, Macmillan Shakespeare down 10.6%, Treasury Wine Estates, actually they haven't had results. Uh, They are part of that Chinese probe into Australian wine dumping. They're down 6%, having been down 14% yesterday. Looks like it's a bit early to get stuck into them. And we have a host of other results. I won't keep going through them all. ANZ's had some quarterly results. They've decided to pay a 25 cent dividend, and that's so exciting the share price has gone up 55 cents. (laughs) It's all a bit silly, really. Uh, Buying and selling banks for yield, because I once did a chart. I should do it again. I once did a chart of the National Bank share price, and it had a 7% yield, and yet it moved, and it hasn't at the moment, and it, yet it moved more than 7% 14 times in a year. And here you are trying to buy it for uh, a 7% dividend, when the truth of the matter is, the capital risk is vastly more important to a total return than the dividend is. That's been the case with the banks forever, but everyone's brainwashed into wanting franking. So there you go. ANZ, everyone's buying a 25 cent dividend and paying 55 cents more for that privilege. BHP had results yesterday. They're down 1% today. They were down a little bit yesterday. They're not too bad. Chart looks a little bit toppy. Similar sort of thing to Rio. Good good trend. Share price just topping a, topping out a bit on results. It will be driven by the iron ore price, which is pretty ritzy at the moment. Will it hold? Will it not? Plenty of brokers thinking it won't. Uh, you know, We're happy to hold BHP and Rio at the moment, but it does very short term look like they're just running out of a bit of steam. Quite often results start trends. Having run into the results, maybe a bit of a downtrend starting in the big resources. Right, let's get on to a bit of market commentary. You'll see in the strategy piece today, and I have stolen a chart from Thomson Reuters, which is a chart of the forward PE of the S&P 500 at 22.2 times, and the current year PE on the S&P, S&P 500, which is $27.97 trillion, $27.97 trillion worth of stocks. The current year PE is 25.2 times, and it's a it's a ridiculous multiple if you think about it. Maybe, maybe not, maybe so. It's acceptable in current circumstances, but if you were to come along and offer 25.19 times for Marcus today, I would hit you in my rush to take your money. And I'm sure 99% of real world businesses would take a 25.2 times multiple of last year's earnings. Yet here you have $27.97 trillion worth of stocks trading at that multiple. And so I, I mentioned today about these concerns that are in the news wires today, just because the S&P 500 has just hit a new record high. So it's higher than it was in February. And it's up 55% since the low in March. And the FANGs plus six are up 73.4% since the low in March. And that's got everyone worrying about a bubble in asset prices. But it's just because the S&P 500 hit a new high that sort of prompted this commentary. So there's a bit of king with no clothes going on. And one of the newswires had a strategist saying that, of course, we're up at new time highs. It took a few trillion dollars worth 
worth of monetary and fiscal stimulus to get us there, of course, but it doesn't reflect the economy and it is an asset bubble and it seems to have missed the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic. Now, I would just say something about picking the top of the market. These comment, This commentary about the market being expensive and your fear about the market falling over, the way to handle that is to do what we've done in the last year, which is cash out three times. I'm not saying you cash out, but what you do is if you want to predict the top, the first thing you, you do is don't. <laughs> don't bother predicting the top. What you do is you just wait for it. And that's what we've done in September last year, February and June. All this commentary about the market being expensive and floated on tech stocks and floated on printed money and floated on tax cuts from Trump and a pro-market president of the United States. All these factors, an inverted yield curve was suggesting that there were problems last year. And one of the other reasons we cashed out, all these uh, collected negatives and doubts are not worth anything until the herd starts to take notice of it. So I would say to you, the conditions are there for the market to fall over uh, at all times in the in the past couple of years. The, the conditions have been there. What it takes is if you were to use the dam analogy, you've got a heck of a lot of water filling the dam and the, the pressure is on. The pressure's on the dam, but the dam can hold for years and years and years. What you've got to look out for is when the dam breaks. And when it breaks, then you start to do something about it. But you need to understand that in the market at the moment, there is a lot of pressure on the dam, a fair amount of pressure on the dam. It could easily break, but don't do anything about it until it does. And that's that's our cash out philosophy that we run our portfolios is that we are prepared to cash out and we're not going to jump at the fears that the market's been up 55% or the P's 25.2 times, which is a fantasy multiple. We're not going to react to that. We're going to react to the herd waking up to all these elements and the glass suddenly goes from half full to half empty and it all becomes a disaster. And you'll pick that up because the market will drop sharply for a couple of days, three or four days, maybe over two or three weeks and you will begin to realize that the herd is turning. So it's about timing. It's about sentiment. But what I would say to you is all this commentary about how terrible the market is, just ignore it until the herd starts to notice it as well. And a couple of other things that have been floating the market that has happened here as well has been a consumer discretionary boom. Overnight, you might have noticed that Walmart just reported online sales up 97%. Very similar to JB Hi-Fi, who reported their sales at Good Guys in July since the lockdown downs, stage four lockdown started in Victoria, that the uh, sales were up 40, 40% at the good guys. And Kogan, their sales are up 116% in July. And the same thing's happening in the US. And it's been floated on stimulus checks, $600 stimulus checks in the US, which by the way, ran out at the beginning of this month. But Walmart's just reported for a period before that with online sales up 97%. Home Depot just reported record quarterly same store sales. Amazon was up 4.5%. 1% overnight. Same thing here. There is this consumer discretionary boom driven by stimulus checks that are going to run out. Well, they have run out in the US. And I can't speak for what was said in the Kogan boardroom on the results, but you might have expected that the founder and his CFO, who are selling $163 million worth of stock today, have spotted that this is about as good as it gets. And if the pandemic concerns start to retreat, then in the second half of this year, they're not going to see the same level of sales. As I said yesterday, how many TVs do you need? How many computer screens do you need? How many sofas do you need? So all these stocks, Nick Scarly, Adairs, Kogan, JB Hi-Fi, all beneficiaries 
series of stimulus money, which is going to disappear, might just be seeing the best moments of their trading year. And maybe that's why the Kogan founder and his CFO are selling $163 million worth of stock. Anyway, it's clearly a global thing with Walmart and Home Depot telling you the same things going on in the States overnight. And the other little theme going on is this deteriorating trade relationship with China and the probe into wine, which I mentioned with Treasury Wine Estates now down 20% since it, since it was announced yesterday. I had a client ask me the other day to do a bit of analysis on every stock they hold and break out their Chinese exposure. I, I actually couldn't believe there was that many stocks that had Chinese exposed businesses. One of them was Seek, for instance, another one, Mineral Resources. And she was worrying about a theme developing in the stock market. And I've described it today as one of those post-it notes that maybe maybe in a year's time, you wish someone stuck on your trading screen today saying, get out of any company doing business with China. I'm not sure it's as bad as all that. It could evaporate very quickly, but it does seem to be a theme for now, and it may develop Treasury Wine Estates in, in the firing line at the moment, but also A2 Milk, which is down on results today, and there would be a string of other stocks as well that don't come straight to mind. Right, moving on. There are some portfolio changes today. I'm adding to our CSL holding in the growth portfolio. I'm also adding Cochlear, which had results yesterday, has seen a few upgrades beat expectations and both share prices now seemingly coming off the bottom. We already hold Sonic Healthcare, Ramsey Healthcare, ResMed, but we've all been waiting for this low in the healthcare sector. It seems to be here. So making sure we've got a decent weighting to the healthcare sector. I'm also adding a small holding in EML Payments, which is a stock we've had on the watch list for a while. Share price just turning up, just had record results. Happy to be buying those. I'm also going to be adding more stocks in smaller holdings. It'll just Spread the risk out a little bit and I'll pyramid in on stocks that are successful and are performing. Now for a bit of added interest, I have decided to start putting a few ideas at the end of the strategy section, stock ideas that haven't made it into the growth portfolio, but might or are too small or just not appropriate or are just casual observations. There are four of them in there today. And if I get the time each day, I will continue to drop these quick ideas into the strategy piece. Finally, you'll see the growth portfolio with the changes made in the strategy piece today. I've written an explanation at the bottom of that about why the prices aren't the same as they would have been in the SMA. The SMA was all in cash and started buying the market a week or so ago. And the prices that we've paid in the SMA are not the same as the prices that we inherited on this portfolio, which I took over a couple of weeks ago. Chris had been running it. I've turned it into a representation of the SMA, but some of the holdings were legacy prices from when Chris was running it. We're just going to go with it. It's too complicated to change everything. I should have just started a new portfolio and avoided all this emailing and complexity. In a few months, it won't matter because we will have sold and bought stocks and hopefully all these legacy prices have disappeared anyway. Certainly will if the banks keep flopping around the way they are doing at the moment. It'll all clear itself up. But just get the main message that the strategy section, the idea is that it is going to represent the same strategy and use the same ideas as the SMA. Right, as I leave you, market is up 63, CSL up 8%, wise tech, damn it, should have bought those, up 30% today, turned the corner. You have a good day and I'll speak to you tomorrow.